Hello and welcome to Lit Service, where we're fans of fiction and purveyors of dodgy writing advice. I'm Aaliyah, and if I was cast as an audiobook voice actor, it would definitely be as Syl from The Way of Kings, because Ooh. she probably has a high squeaky voice, and I get high and squeaky when I am excited. <laughs> I can totally see that, too, actually. I think you'd be really yeah. good at that. I'm Caitlin, and if I was cast to voice some character, I think I would want to be Azula from, from Avatar The Last Airbender, because I feel like I would do a good job of just being... Azula. <laughs> evil. <laughs> you evil. sound evil. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Caitlin, I don't think I've ever heard your evil laugh, so at some point you're going to have to demonstrate. Well, see, I can't just pull. I, I would have to prepare myself. Maybe maybe at the okay, end of it, I'll, I'll pull one out. <laughs> I am Kristen, and I don't think I'm very aware of what my own voice sounds like, but I would really enjoy voicing like Anna from Anna Burning oh. in the Goose Girl yeah. series. I think... That would be a ton of fun. I, I like her character and feel like I could embody yeah. that if I tried. I could totally see that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jesse Cusatanto. And I think that like, so I'm reading a lot of picture books to my kids right now. So of course, all the characters that come to mind are like from picture books. And you know what? <laughs> I am amazing at doing the three little pigs. <laughs> awesome. Nice. Would be my character of choice. Do they all get different voices? They get like progressively higher and higher. <laughs> I love it. Oh, awesome. Well, a big welcome to Jesse Cusitanto, the author of the Dial A for Aunties series, The Obsession, The New Girl, and the just released Theo Tan and the Fox Spirit. Tell us about Theo Tan and the Fox Spirit, Jesse. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. So I'm very excited about Theo Tan and the Fox Spirit. It's my uh, debut middle grade fantasy, and it's about a boy, Theo, who loses his brother in a very tragic accident, and then he finds that he has now inherited his brother's companion spirit, who is this very cunning fox spirit named Kai, and Theo and Kai really don't like each other, but suddenly they have to work together to try and solve the mystery of Theo's brother's death. So there's a lot of shenanigans if you've read Style A for Aunties, you know, that I'm all about, you know, the ridiculous antics and um, (laughs) actions. So this one is full of it as well. Sounds like it's full of a lot of strong emotions, too. I love I love the enemies to lovers trope most. And though this isn't, you know, enemies to lovers, still enemies to friends. It's so fun. Today, we wanted to dig into writing an authentic voice for different age groups and genres. And Jesse, we're so glad you're here to discuss this with us since you've covered such a, a variety of genres and age groups. So to kick us off, um, can someone give us a dictionary definition or just an insight into what we mean by voice? To me, voice kind of means like the character's interior thoughts and, you know, of course, the, the dialogue. But mostly it's kind of like how the story is told from that person's point of view. I think all of my books so far have been first person point of view. And so like the voice comes through in it has to come through in in every sentence. So I think that's that's voice to me. Yeah. And I think that voice is the difference between like I mean, the villain telling the story and your protagonist telling the story, the things that are important to them and the things that shape the world for them like it's so fun to have those things come out in a voice especially in first person it's extra fun and that's that's one of the things that I like best about Theo Tan so how do you approach writing voices 
for different main characters of your books to make them sound authentic and appealing to your target age group? It's interesting because I uh, I started out writing young adults. So most of my characters were between 15 to 17 years old. And um, that was like the first few books that I wrote. They were all young adults. I thought that I could only do young adult just because I love the young adult voice. I find that with young adult, there's a lot more... Uh, for me anyway, there's a lot more angst in the voice, uh, a lot more like questioning of, you know, the world outside of like school, just a lot more like rebellion. And then I went and wrote Theo Tan. And that was really easy, actually, because I read a lot of middle grade. And I found the 12 year old voice quite natural to kind of jump into. And the difference, the main difference is that you know, there's less angst, there's a lot more humor. And there's, there's a lot more like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna do this, you know, I'm gonna like, go on this amazing adventure type of energy. And it actually took a long time for me to to be like, hmm, can I write adult? I don't know if I'm like adult enough to write adult. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm being so ridiculous. Like, of course I can write adults. Like, I'm literally an adult. <laughs> and you know what? I, I didn't find that much difference um, between like the voices, but maybe that's just me. I have noticed that like a couple of readers have said that, you know, the voice in Dal A for aunties is almost like YA-ish. So... But, you know, to me, that's like the authentic, like 20 something year old uh, woman trying to kind of find her, you know, place in the world. Well, I think there's a great tip in there, too. You talked about how you read a lot of middle grades and then the 12 year old voice came really natural. And I know that's helped me a ton as well is when you're going after a specific voice, reading as much as you can in that genre can really help you uh, catch on to the the tendencies and the affordances that authors are kind of wanting to to give out as a voice in that age group. I really like what you said about angst as well in YA because I, I'm not sure exactly who said this, but I've heard I've heard it said before that like middle grade tends to be about learning how the world works and YA tends to be about learning how the world is broken. And I think there is a lot more wonder and excitement in middle grade because like this is how the world works and why is like, oh no, this is how the world doesn't work. And now we have to deal with that. Oh, I love that. That is so true. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree that you definitely have to read a lot in that genre or age category. I belong to a writer's forum for the longest time. And I would see so many people who are like, oh, I want to write a middle grade book. And then it's very clear that, you know, they don't know what that audience one because like the voice comes out being like hello fellow <laughs> children <laughs> and then you're like what what middle grade have you read and they're like well I've watched Harry Potter so I know so how do characters voices help build the narrative and does that differ between genres I think the best example that I can use uh, from Theo Tan is um, the fox spirit character, Kai. So she has her own point of view uh, chapters. And her voice is like, she's very sassy. She's very cunning because fox spirits are kind of traditionally in Chinese mythology, they're actually evil spirits where they shape shift into like 
beautiful maidens to kind of lure away, you know, innocent humans. So she's supposed to be evil, but I I wanted to redeem the the fox spirit a little bit. And, and so Kai is basically good, but she does have very, you know, um, cunning tendencies. And so her voice, I, I just found it so fun to write this kind of sneaky, not 100% trustworthy character. And because of the way that her, her voice is, it led to her narrative arc and led to, you know, her story uh, being the way that it is. So she kind of ends up doing like, you know, little bad deeds that kind of snowball and become like bigger and bigger. And so her story was completely like character and voice driven. I like that. Um, I think too, you know, voice at its core is the filter that the world and reality is going through before it reaches the reader. And so I think of a lot of stories where mental illness plays a part and something as simple as walking down the hallway because of the voice can turn into this huge dreaded event. And so it sounds like with the fox spirit, things start turning into an opportunity and, and the sneakiness comes through and that, that becomes an element of the plot as well. With that in mind, how do you decide like what things your characters focus on or like your your narrators focus on? And do the details that they give us matter in terms of building a voice or moving a plot forward? I have this really bad habit of like, I'm so bad at creating settings. So uh, with my first draft, I usually end up with talking heads, you know, because I haven't put in anything else. So they're just kind of like, like floating heads, just talking. <laughs> I haven't even put in, you know, the, what their bodies are doing. Like, are they scratching their arm or whatever? You know, I haven't done any of that. So it's literally just like floating heads. And <laughs> I have to actually kind of go back and then add that in later on. Uh, it's so bad. I'm trying to get better at this. <laughs> I actually, in some ways, I could see how adding it like after, I don't know if you're big on outlining, but I could see how adding in sort of all the blocking and the important details after you already have your plot figured out could be really nice. Because <laughs> like, I think I'm the reverse where like I get super bogged down in building an ambiance that I forget to move the plot forward. So Something we see people struggle with when we're doing first chapter critiques, which is something else we do on this podcast sometimes, is describing things from the outside rather than having a character introduce the reader to the world from their perspective, like from a really grounded uh, point of view. So how do you, because I feel like you do a really good job at this, how do you keep your narrative squarely inside your character's POV? I actually had that problem uh, when I you know, kind of first started out writing. And I realized that it was just me kind of introducing myself to the story. Because, you know, beginnings are are challenging, right? They, you kind of, you, you're not sure, like, of the flavor of the story, I guess. And so, you know, I think that's why so many people, including myself, end up writing, you know, waking up scenes because we're trying to just get a feel of the character and the world my advice for that would be to just write that it's okay it's completely fine and then once you get into the rhythm of the story you know just keep going and then um, go back to that first chapter and cut basically like cut it 
and start at the second chapter. And for me, that has always worked very well because I end up, you know, oh, okay, I, I know exactly who this character is by now. And I got all the, they woke up, they brushed their teeth. <laughs> they looked in the mirror and saw their reflection um, and stuff like that, like out of the way. And the reader doesn't need to read that. Definitely guilty of that myself, too. <laughs> so when you're writing for these different genres, are there decisions you consciously make to tweak the voice from age to age? Or do you just kind of let the voice flow naturally based off of the other middle grade you've read and the voice you have in your head? I'm trying to think if there has been like a point where I'm like, okay, that that's not how a character from this generation, or I mean, not from this generation, but from this age group would think. I feel like it's, for the most part, it's felt very, very natural just because I read a lot in like each age category. I would say that it's only been like the death uh, or the violence <laughs> where my editor has been like, yeah, I mean, this is for kids, you know, can, can you not like, can you tone down this scene? And I'm like, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So, but, you know, that's a very easy fix. So I, I can't complain. <laughs> and I don't want to be like going around traumatizing little kids. So <laughs> That's generous. <laughs> <laughs> when I first started writing middle grade, I had that. I, I wrote YA and then branched out into middle grade as well. My first YA, uh, middle grade book came out this year as well. And that was something I really struggled with as well. I'd have people come back and be like, you know, this is kind of scary. This is kind of really scary, and maybe you should think about that. <laughs> I'm just saying that if yeah. Coraline could get published, there's a high threshold oh for gosh. creepiness for children. Right? Agree. True that. Yes, that book, like, freaked me out so Horrifying. bad. <laughs> yeah. The fact that all of us are like, and it was terrifying, like, I don't know if that's a, a vote for or against it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't read it as a kid, so I like I don't know how I would have taken it as a kid. I probably would have liked it. I was scared of different things then than I am now. So that's also, I guess, something you have to keep in mind when I you're writing for different true. age groups. Kids have different context for what could actually hurt them or whatever. And so something that terrifies an yeah. adult. Like but I, I read it as an adult and I was like, no, this is not a kid's <laughs> book. Like, the mom had like button eyes. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, yes, no. <laughs> the one I always come back to is Lockwood and Co., which is Ghost Hunters. I don't know one. if you've read that, uh -huh. Jesse, but but they are so scary. Like so as an spooky. adult, I'm like I can't I, read this yeah. before bed because bloody footprints on the stairs and stuff. But it's always in the middle grade section, and I'm like, my kids can't read this until they're 25. <laughs> I think I think one thing is that kids and teens have the ability to self-regulate like if a book is not for them they'll close the book so for what what that's worth I think it's okay to be shelved in middle oh, grade oh yeah cause... it totally is but I just it makes <laughs> me laugh I think that it's part of that whole context thing because for me as an adult it's maybe scarier mm -hmm. than it is for people who are kids I don't know no, as a kid I would be like this is so cool if I was in this world I could fight the ghosts and no adults could see them that would be awesome well, what an adventure except on the flip side you know I don't know if any of you guys have seen Gravity Falls there's like this breakout yeah. scary episode with like ghosts and, and blood coming from taxidermy eyes. And it's very scary. It scared <laughs> all of my kids. They all had nightmares that night. But like Lockwood & Co. has blood dripping from the ceiling and ghosts like trying to kill mm -hmm. you. And they're very scary. <laughs> so anyway, I they're both very scary. And that's 
that <laughs> Gravity Falls is much funnier than Lockwood & Co. <laughs> we probably should wind things up. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Jesse. It's been great talking about voice and all of your different books. And definitely everyone needs yeah. to go read Theo Tan and The Fox Spirit. I'm very so excited good. to read my So coffee. fun. I love, and one of the things I love most, like I said before, is just she really hits the voice right, like the nail right on the head. It's so good. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Our next guest will be Erin Beattie. And then after that, we'll have Trisha Levenseller come on the show. Both will be doing first chapter critiques, see submission deadlines and guidelines on our website. After those two lovely authors, we're excited to welcome Stephanie Garber and Marissa Meyer onto the show this fall. Special editions for Stephanie's Once Upon a Broken Heart duology, as well as Marissa Meyer's Gilded duology, are currently available for pre-order in our store. If you would like to be the first to see the edge designs, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.